Honestly, you don't even have to do one, two, three, record because of the clap anymore. So one, two, three, clap. And it's, yeah, it's <laughs> poor Leo. <laughs> Guys, we're now super tech savvy and we, instead of the little, um, what's it called? Clapboard for movies. We just clap we just our clap hands, but poor Leo, time. that just woke him up and he is displeased. Yeah, I currently am the most hydrated person in the world because I'm looking just off to where you can't see. And um, yes, hi. Um, and I'm drinking a smoothie, coffee, and water. So like, I'm ready to take on well, the day. Co coffee ain't helping you. All right, so this story I told you, we, 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 we started with a little pre-game uh, uh, storytelling and I have to tell Laurel this story. So one time while we were in, I think it was Vietnam, I took I did a... Uh, I was I was in the sh in Da Nang. No, um, <laughs> I feel like you need to preface that this was study abroad. You weren't like yes, in it Nam. Was <laughs> it was a study. It was a study abroad. And we did a tour around Malaysia, uh, Thailand, China, Vietnam, then back to Malaysia. So while we were in Vietnam, um, we were in a hotel that had a pool. So we're all in the pool. We're all drinking. We're all uh, of age, Mister and Mrs. Laurel's mom and dad. And, well, also, you're uh, over in Vietnam. What is the drinking age there? I have no Probably, clue. Was, I mean, like 12? <laughs> yeah, who knows? Um, but uh, we're all in the pool. We're all having a good time. We're all drinking. And, like, we're all, well, let's go out. Okay. And I'm like, I hate having pool hair. So I was like, I'm going to go take a shower. So, first of all, as a six foot two man, the showers in all of Asia started at my nipples, <laughs> like the shower at best. But for some reason in, in Vietnam, the, uh, Excuse me, the I just took like a big swig of, of of Waterloo and I'm like burp, burp, burp. Oh, it would have we'll been great if you took out. a big swig of big swig. Have you had big swig sparkling water? I haven't had big swig. It's really good. Anyway, continue. Um, I so this one was like you know how like typically like the, 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 the tub it was a tub shower, so the tub and the floor are kind of the same level. So you step into the tub and maybe it's a little higher than where the floor was. Wait, so it wasn't a combo shower tub. It was just like there was it like... Was, it was a combo shower oh. tub. But when you step over the rim of the tub, like, it's not a big step traditionally, right? It's a big step, but like this I felt like I was hiking. Oh, okay, okay. What, what I'm okay. saying is I'm taking this huge step I got to get it. in. So the, the rim of the, the tub was much higher than normal. It was much higher. I'm, okay. just, I'm also saying the floor of the tub was much higher than the floor oh, of got the it. bathroom. Got it. So like so I step up over the rim and then plant my foot and it's like maybe a foot or more difference. Mm -hmm. So it's like taking that biggest step. So I'm in there, I'm showering, uh, and then I go to step out and I have to take that big step and I kind of forget how far down I have to step. And I go, oh, and I slip and I fall on my butt and then I do like a home alone slide. <laughs> or maybe I was... No, I was backwards. Like, I was stepping back out, and I slipped, and I fell, and I was going backwards. I was doing that Home Alone slide. And I remember legitimately having the thought, this is how I'm going to die. <laughs> this is where they will find me. And it was like Ryan Jenkins spent most of his life in Texas, but then died in the bathroom floor in Vietnam. And there's no way like that that doesn't come the, across as a cover story. Like, right. yes, and slipped it's, coming out of the shower in Vietnam. It's like, no, he was in a brothel, and something yeah. went awry. <laughs> I, I promise you, Laurel, I mean, you know me, so I when I say I was a good boy, like, I was drank and was crazy, but every time someone did something odd, like, they're like, ooh, a bunch of, a group went to a strip club in Thailand, everyone's like, so Ryan, how was it? And I'm like, I wasn't with them! 
Like everyone's always like, "Ooh, I heard everybody went to did this." I wasn't one of the people there. There was so much stuff I got. Like to this day, everyone's like, "I think you were there." Like it's it's nuts. But I just re- I just literally whenever I think of that moment, I imagine just going back, hit my head on the wall, and then you have a cut from like up above, like behind mm-hmm. the ceiling fan, and I'm just laying on the ground, and like the doors, this is the end, starts playing. It's like. Before you drift into, <laughs> like it just starts, like that's how I, and then it's like lights down, and it's like created by David Shore or whatever show I'm on. Like I, I, that's I don't how know, I, I die I, on The I, Sopranos. I, I know. I feel like it should just be Don't Stop Believing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> make it truly like The Sopranos. I actually had yeah. that as a category in trivia, maybe a few months ago, where it was the song round was songs that have appeared in the series finale of shows. Mm, um, that's a good one it was good I, there were some there, I also learned some like titles and names of songs where I was like I know that song is in this film but I don't know what that song is so anyway did you do the one from Parks and Rec no I know what song the is... one it's like it's it, I think it's called It's Alright by the Traveling Wolveries which is like hmm. uh uh Tom Petty and Roy Orbison. It's it's. By the way, if you go back and you watch the the the, the finale for Parks and Rec, it's one of my favorites. The one where it's like, well, it's all right. Do, 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 do. I didn't do that it's one. Really, I love that one. It's very good. Like, <laughs> when you're like you're like the one from the finale of Parks and Rec. I'm like, bye bye little Sebastian. <laughs> That's also a good one. Um, you're five thousand candles of, in the wind. <laughs> speaking of. TV shows. That was a terrible segue. Oh. Hello, Seattle. I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel. And we're the Craniacs. We get together and we talk about Frasier. And Laurel here is the longtime fan and, and, and watcher of Frasier. And I am relatively new to this series, although we are in season six, so it's hard. I feel like I've surpassed the normal television watchers. Well, and also, not only are we in season six, I realized last night we were almost done with season six. <laughs> Oh, I since we moved to Hulu, I feel like I don't have as much of a of a concept of what episode we're on. Like, <clears throat> well, it, it's only because I write down for every episode in my notes. I write down the ep- season and episode number. Right, right, right. Yeah. So I don't. I usually don't realize it till we're there. But what what episode are we? We're on? on season six, episode nineteen and twenty. Episode nineteen is called IQ. Uh, Fraser and Niles' longtime competitiveness is reawakened at a silent auction. It says a silence auction, but it's a silent auction. Uh, unless you were auctioning off silence, which seems strange. Uh, a silent auction. Some people would pay for that. They'd pay for silence. <laughs> for someone else. Some people would pay for that uh, for people on this very podcast. Um, so, I'm thinking more like uh, and people at Friends of Mine who are parents would like, I would love 30 minutes of silence. Oh, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, a silent auction where the two spent $8,000 for a lunch with three Nobel Prize winners. Um it's funny because I wrote a bunch of notes for this one, and like I watched it yesterday. But I, I also, uh, we played Jackbox last night, and I drank a bit, so I feel like that might be why I don't remember a lot. But I, I, I drank a bit, but it was rage drinking because of the state of the world. Um, yes. on house party with um, friends. <laughs> we, uh, I, we also spilled an entire beer on our carpet, so this room smells like uh, chemicals. Oh, I was gonna <laughs> say a frat house. No, no, no. We cleaned it up, but. Uh, as, as, as when you're homeowners, I feel like when you spill stuff, you suddenly sober up and you're like, <gasps> mm-hmm. our carpet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is one where they're going to a silent auction. Uh, I have some interesting notes. The first thing I have is LOL AOL because, uh, Daphne is talking to Donnie, uh, Donnie. She just says online, but then you hear when yes. Niles disconnects it that goodbye. <laughs> yes. I like that scene. Cause I was like. 
it was so I hate I hate bad uh baby talk. I hate it so much. Mm-hmm. So when he's like she wrote, he wrote my whittle English was like the idea of someone <laughs> yeah, my whittle English quumpet like like even saying it makes me feel gross, but also like the idea of someone typing that out in order to get that across. Yeah. Like I it it makes me just uh, the saliva is shooting into my mouth preparing for vomit. <laughs> it is ready to go. I hate it. Um yes. Also, I feel like that is very like of that generation where like, of course somebody Donnie's age in 1998 or whatever would think that that was clever and, you know, um, cute. But I, one thing I did like about this is that unlike Joe Daphne's boyfriend who she dated for an interminable amount of time off and Mm -hmm. on, apparently is that we just get, we get little mentions along the way that even if like Saul Rubenstein isn't Rubenek, Saul Rubenek, Rubenek, even if he isn't in the episode, we just get little mentions that like, Daphne and Donnie are still dating. And it all feels very natural and normal. I would almost liken it to um, one of my biggest compliments for Brooklyn Nine-Nine is how seamlessly they integrate Jake and Amy dating and um, their relationship without it taking over the show. Where there's just little mm. mentions of like, yeah, you, you were up doing crossroad puzzles all night last night. And so it's just little things like that that I think they do really well. And I think they're doing a really good job of it on Frasier too because it seems very normal. I, because I, I think you're right. When when Joe like came back, we were like, it, there was a minute where we were like, who's Joe? <laughs> like, or, or like, like, is this, this the guy? same Joe? When, when, when she's upset yeah, that yeah, she yeah. broke up with him, we're like, wait, we haven't heard from him in like half a season, and you also tried to get right. back with your ex boyfriend Clive, who came back from England. So like, what's going on? So I feel like when you know Donnie inevitably shows up again, it's going to feel like he's been there this time. Yeah. You know? I uh, I really enjoyed the silent auction uh, aspect of this, and it was it's fun. You know, it's sometimes it's fun watching Niles and, and Fraser be terrible in this high society. Mm-hmm. Uh, just not terrible, but just not good at it. Like petty or 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 like th- this show is always like moving the bar of what the baseline situation they're they're in, where it's like they're at they're higher than something they're at. they're at like Dukes. But then sometimes they're at one of these things and it, it feels better than them and they're not good at it. And I think that's what works is like these guys are frou-frou socialites, mm-hmm. but at the same time, they're not they're They humanize them by making them bad at something like this. Yes. Um, another thing that I really uh, bumped on was it's like the Kelly Gunther Foundation and they don't know what it's for. Yes. And it turns out that they're raising money for homeless cats. I, that was a good long bit. Yeah. Yes. I feel like that reminds me, if anybody is a fan of The Real Housewives, that is what, um, I don't watch the fr- any of the franchises anymore, but back when I did, that was such a hallmark. They were always going to benefits for like, oh, it's it's to replace the stained glass window in the church down the street, or yes. like it's so-and-so has eczema, and she is trying to raise awareness of people who have eczema, and it's like, okay. <laughs> um, well, it's like the... Michael Scott Dunder Mifflin the fun, fun run, run for, race for the cure. Yeah, it was like fun run for people who like oh I pro yeah. am. Yeah. yeah. Um anyway, I, I feel like those for are for a disease that's already been eradicated yes. in North, North America. Yes. Um and I'm trying to remember oh, so anyone who's a fan of the Real Housewives of New York, um Jill Zarin, who I don't think is on the show anymore, she has like had a daughter who had some sort of like bone issue, but anyway, I want to say that she held a benefit and, and created a foundation called, like, Creaky Joints or something. 
And it was like, Louis C. Strauss, like, is this not offensive? And then she like spent all this time and all this money on this benefit and raised something like $200,000, which in the land of benefits and stuff is not that much money for how much she probably spent right. on it. And I was just like, this is, I, I used to do pro bono work for a, a nonprofit that had a benefit that, where they spent very little and raised like $400,000. So I was always like, you are not fooling anyone. So anyway, that's yeah. just what this reminded me of. Um, secondly, have you ever been to a silent auction? And uh, if you yes, purchase things, what 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 have they been? Well, uh, so uh, we went to one for Meridian Hive. I believe, I, I, I always think you were there, but you weren't. I think you were like, going to come out and it was me tara and jane yes and for some reason my brain has just gone laurel was there it's and i can't and i erase that i I can tell you why because you called me leah was in town she and i were getting pedicures and you called me and i can count on one hand i don't even need one hand for the number of times we've spoken on the phone so you called me because then i feel like you were like i'm calling you because i'm driving and like we wanted to know this was just faster than texting if you and leah were coming to this thing so yes, I was not there, but I appreciate you just sliding yes, in. Yes, that might be why is your your voice is mm-hmm. I don't know, but I like I all the time I was like, yeah, you were there and then I'm like You hear no, you my weren't. voice and it's just like I'm there. Yes, exactly. Um maybe because like the majority of our like interactions at this point potentially are where you're like this little screen. <laughs> <laughs> like um but uh it was at Meridian Hive and it was they were ra- I forgot what they were raising. And, um money listeners for. Meridian Hive is a me- meadery in Yes, Austin? and it's very very good. Sort of mead. Uh, if it's still around after all this. Oh if God. you're in the Austin area, you can pick it up at HEB and it's really really good. Oh, it's not That's good to know. Yeah, it's not nearly as sweet. Uh it's a little pricey, but it's not like as coyingly sweet as I think you think it's going to be. Okay. They have a rose mead right now oh. that I was very sh- like, I was Tara's like, let's get this. And I'm like, I'm not going to drink this. And I drink, it. I was like, this is very drinkable. Um, but anyway, uh, we drank some mead. So therefore I was like, let's auction on some stuff. And what we found out was no one else was bidding on things. So we won absolutely everything we bid on in a similar thing where we went, we spent $300. <laughs> like it was like, we got a lot of stuff. And then what really made me mad was I got we got um, some uh, Harley Davidson stuff because we were going to give it to uh, Tara's dad because he we usually get he likes Harley mm-hmm. Davidson shirts and things but it had like mead all over it and we're like can we change this at can we get a new one they're like no we can give you a Meridian Hive shirt and we were like okay and then like uh, it was it, it, it was the other thing it was I. I kind of feel bad saying bad things about Meridian Hive, but every time we bet on something, someone who worked there would come up behind us and go, oh, I was going to get that if no one bet on it. And I'm like, well, you can bet on it for literally $1 more and get it at the last second. Yeah. Like, that's how this works. Like, I don't understand. It was it was like, see what I did where I just bet like $5 more than the person before me? It can still happen for you, and you'd only be putting $10. And they were really like, like – it was really weird because it felt like, do you want me to give this to you? Like, that's what it felt like. They're like, oh, I really wanted that. You, it it can be yours. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what this, this isn't, we're not in a museum. Like, yeah. you can't, this is a silent auction. You can own it. It was very odd. Um, and then they were, it was, kind, like I said, it was kind of hard to get everything. And it was, it was, and we won it. We were like, $300, great. I have like a, th- and it was all stuff like, uh, I can go to the tap room in the domain and they run like a beer uh dinner and tasting for like a certain amount of people and i was like oh well this will be my birthday this year that's out the window like it's all things you can do that yeah. are now like i don't know i haven't like we haven't like called them back or anything but yeah 
That's my biggest silent auction. Have you wasted money in a, I mean, spent money at a silent auction? Yeah. So the nonprofit that I mentioned, um, I used to go to their silent auction and it was, um, it was very ladies who lunch it was called heroes and handbags. And it was, a mm. it was, a it was on a Friday morning. It was a brunch auction for, um, and it was just literally handbags, like purses, nice purses, everything. Um, and so I did buy a purse there once. What, so here's the thing. I find you can get deals at auctions, at silent auctions. I bought this, the purse I got was valued at like $120. I think I paid like 70. So I'm a little like Martin in this sense of like, I end up just like getting stuff for a lot cheaper than it was supposed to be. But, um, my best silent auction story was my senior year of high school, uh, there was the, the senior auction, which was like the big fundraiser for the senior class for prom and everything. And, uh, all, for some reason, all the senior girls had to wear like evening gowns, which looking back is a little like, I, I don't know, like we're like ladies on display or something. Classist. But, yeah. Well, I think also like asking people to wear evening gowns. I mean, I don't know. Well, it was in our high school cafeteria and like ask people yeah, to yeah. like wear evening <laughs> gowns and like everyone else is showing I get up. square pizza from right over there. <laughs> now I'm a lady. Basically, yes. And um, anyway, my friends and I, a bunch of hotels in the area had donated rooms and stuff. And so my friends and I uh, convinced our parents to let us get a suite for after prom. And mm. we got this suite, like an embassy suites in Addison or something for like $70 total. And, um, we, uh, anyway, we, we got it by hiding all the pins on the table, um, after we bid on it. So, um, <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, uh, it was great. So you, you said earlier that I, you think you get a lot of good deals at silent auctions. Mm -hmm. True. But I think the idea is you wouldn't normally buy that thing. So you're spending more than zero, which is what you would perhaps normally spend on that thing well but at least for me so but it split between the six of us who went in on that suite it was like eleven dollars a person for that yeah yeah, yeah. So, no, no no that makes sense but like for me this stuff well yes yeah. i'm saying i for one tend to get like deals at silent auctions so um, the, the other thing i wanted to bring up which was probably my favorite through line in this uh episode was the story of the grill and it's partly what happened on on screen, and me also legitimately talking to myself. Where is is uh, Martin going to put this grill? Do they think the HOA allows them to do it? Oh, and then like it all like comes together. Yes, uh, yeah. You one hundred percent are not allowed to put a grill on like what the eighteenth floor balcony and a high rise. That, yeah, on a balcony that doesn't go that far out. Yeah, like, no, not not at all. Um, yeah, I did think that was um, that was funny. I was also surprised that Frasier was actually making burger patties. I was like, Frasier is handling raw meat. For some reason, the 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 scene where he's patting the patties was really like therapeutic, not therapeutic, but like soothing to mm -hmm. me. I don't know the like the idea of like making burger patties like really helped like you know express the thing where they're they're understanding and they're and they're figuring out like what they're what what you know why, why do we still do this Frasier and why do we are we so competitive and why do we do this and I don't know Niles and pat 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 I did like the bit where the dad comes where Martin comes in and is like these are really great job on the patties boys and they're like oh so <laughs> I, I felt that very deeply in my Soul. Yes, I um I I similarly like look the one time I was in charge of making like a bunch of burger patties was for my friend's annual jorts party um where everybody wears jean shorts um mm -hmm. and I was I mean I think the name was self explanatory some, some people are like jorts and I'm like oh, okay. jean shorts uh, I was making the burger patties and my friend was 
grilling them. And he's like a very picky griller. And he came mm-hmm. to me and he was like, you did a good job with the patties. There's a few things you could have done differently. And he told me and he's like, but you did a good job. <laughs> and I was just like, thank you. <laughs> anyway. I have um, a burger. Pr- I, burger presses are, if you make burgers are, to me, uh, great. A wonderful tool. Um, but um, the, uh, the crux of the episode is, though, that Frazier and Niles uh, are, are uh, want to find out which of them has the higher IQ because they've been competitive their whole lives and they recall that their mother did not tell them what their IQ scores were, just that they were two points apart. And before they well, go to this Nobel laureate yeah. lunch, they want to find this right. out. Which, well, which they won because they're fighting over the, the, the auction. And then my favorite part is when Fraser's like, I'll double it. And then Niles goes, well, I'll double that. And he goes, you just added $50. Ding. <laughs> like, that was the best part of the whole thing. Um, and then Niles wins. And they realize, and then they go, well, this was such a, a great thing. Let's give it to the second best person as long as they'll spend the same amount. So like they spend $8,000 yes. on this lunch. And then they start going, why are we so competitive? And then <laughs> he goes, what is it? It's, oh, yeah, we got all that. We got that IQ stuff in an old Ballantine's box. Oh, dad, you old softy. And he's like, yeah, it was the first case of beer we ever bought. Yeah, your mom and I ever. Which I thought was, when the audience laughed, I was like, that is sentimental. Like, Yeah. Um, also, like, I hear you, Martin. I, I, too, save random things. I've gotten a lot better about it. But, yeah. I've got a shoe, a Nike shoebox full of like pictures going all the way back to high school that I look through every once in a while. Oh, I have like three memento boxes that I called down from six. So. Right, right, right. Um, um, so it turns out that they've, they've always thought that Niles only had... They've always thought that one two, of them had two point IQ two points. Two points higher. And they find and out that Frazier out- had, has 129, which is okay. high. Like that's high. I mean, it's not genius level, which is over 150, but it's high. And then Niles is 153? Something like 156. that. 156. They're 27 points apart, which is yes. genius level. Like, Niles is like, that is genius level once you get over 150. I have, before, if it even comes up, I have no idea what my IQ is. I don't oh, I, I, I don't either. I don't either. I, I also yeah. don't know um, what, uh, like, if, I don't know if there's like a certain age you're supposed to take your IQ test by or something. Because like right now, if they were like, what kind of triangle is this? Isosceles or scalene? I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> That's hilarious. I have no idea what a scalene is. Is a scalene where all three sides are different? Well, okay. An equilateral is when all three sides are the same. All are the same. Isosceles is when two sides are the same. Well, now I have to like look this up. Scalene. I think scalene is all three sides are different. Scalene triangle. Uh, all three sides have different come for the fr- Yes. Come for the Fraser. Stay for the mathematical <laughs> quiz. Stay for, stay for the geometry. <laughs> Um, um I, yeah. I, I like that whole scene where, where th- this whole, I think this whole episode had a lot of potential to be a Frasier episode that I was like, boo about. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being, I think, very charming. I like when they go to the Nobel laureate and, uh, they're, they're both still being competitive because not, after Niles leaves, Frasier goes to the library to study up for this conversation with the Nobel laureate. And then when they arrive, it reveals that Niles followed him and then also stayed up looking up things. And then he got an ear, uh, an ear itch because of his, uh, parchment mite allergy. Yes. That's what it was. But I love that Frasier immediately identified it as like only your parchment mite allergy causes causes you to sneeze and scratch your ear. Um, I also wrote down, Man, it's too bad they didn't have the internet. Because if they just had the internet, they could have just yeah, studied all night from the comfort home. of their own home. Um, I, 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 
it's so funny. I've been playing this. Uh, there's a new game out for the Avengers, and you can play as each of the Avengers. And like, you go inside their rooms and like the Shield her- helicarrier. And like, when you're Captain America, you go in and there's a set of encyclopedias. And I'm like, why does Captain America have a set of encyclopedias? And you click on it, and he goes, it's, "I'll never get used to the internet." And I was like, "Oh, that makes complete sense." <laughs> that's that's funny. Um, uh, I so also Niles after he takes the second set of like allergy medicine that then, you know, causes him to get even loopier reminds yes. me of like me when I'm like, you know, when you're like so tired that like everything is like funny and like you don't, and like you don't make sense or anything like that. I am Niles. My face itches when I'm really tired. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I just, I don't know. Just that, that was, when, that was me. When I was in high school and we would have sleepovers at friends' places, we would always, right before we went to sleep, put on Wallace and Gromit. Have you ever seen Wallace and Gromit? Uh, I've seen, like, snippets. Yeah, it's like a claymation thing with an English guy who loves cheese and his dog, and it's just silly. Because we always thought it was the funniest thing, like, after staying up until, like, 2.30. Yes. Like, we would watch it and be like, that was, like, our... And good night. Like, yes. it was just so, like, so that, hilarious that's to us. so, like, weird... innocent and pure. I love it. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure we were like out, like sneaking cigarettes and beer and stuff, like right up to that moment. Well, I was gonna say, reason. I mean, I just love that y'all weren't like finding Skinamax or something. You're like, let's put on Wallace and Gromit. I have a really funny Skinamax story that I found. That so, I'm gonna tell the story. We might cut it out. I went over to a friend's place because he had he had a uh, satellite. Well, I went over because he was my friend. I didn't go over <laughs> specifically, like, but we went over and he had. It was Saturday night. It was all the the, the he had all these different. Uh, um, movie movie channels yeah cinemax channels what we weren't looking up like it wasn't it was soft core stuff i don't want to <laughs> say like we were complete weirdos this is pre-internet so this is what you used to do in like 95 or whatever so he also was he so while we're watching these movies someone kicked over his phone and speed dialed my parents at at my house at like 11 uh like one o'clock in the morning so this my sounds, I just want to say, phone. this sounds so implausible right now. No, it happened. Well, okay. Think it, so it was one of those big phones with like an office phone. Uh-huh. Like, and he just kicked it over and he had us all on speed dial. Oh, okay. So it's like his own like phone line and he had his yes, friends again, on speed dial. Okay. This is, this is 95. So okay. we're in his room. He kicks over the phone, hits the speed dial. My parents pick up and, uh, they hear us going, like, they figure out what we're doing. Because, like, oh, look at her boobs, blah, blah, like, yelling stupid stuff. But they hear me in the background going, guys, let's change the channel. Guys, guys, let's change the channel. Let's watch something else. To this day, I found out recently, my mom still thinks that I was like, boys, boys, <laughs> it's important that we watch something else. Where what was really going on is I had the TV, the satellite guide, and it was like, Oh, this one's good, but this one on this other channel sounds like there's going to be a lot more topless women. Let's change to that. And my, like the next morning, my parents were like, "We heard you," and like I'm sitting there like sweating bullets, like that, like Jordan Peele gif, just uh-huh. like sweat. And they're like, "But we're so proud of you because you didn't want to watch it." And I'm like, "Yes, that's exactly what happened." You're like, and "Well, it, mother, it, father, you instilled these values in me." <laughs> but I, but le- recently we talked about my mom's like. No, that's not what happened. This is what happened. You ha- you're you're making up a new memory, and I go, Mom, I'm 38. Like, what what would I have to like gain from lying about this now? And she's like, Do you think I don't remember how this went? And I'm like, Okay, <laughs> like I guess this is how she wants to like continue her life remembering this story. Um, um revisionist history is so 
I guess. And it's cool to leave that in, but I mean, unless you're like, this is a weird story. I was kind of like saying, let's take it out if you were like, this is a story I wish you hadn't told. No, no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, I'm not protecting anybody by taking it out. Um, how do you feel about rating this one? Well, I do want to say the cold clothes no. seemed like so... Oh, God, I forgot! <laughs> like, it's... So at one point they... It, Martin says earlier, the grill that he got is called like the Windsor Monarch 2000. He's like, I wonder if they name it that because that's the one that the royal family uses. And Daphne's like, yes, like, of course, the queen is always seen with like a barbecue brush or whatever. And so the clothes is supposed to be the Martin grilling with the queen. Yes, Martin grilling with the queen on the balcony. And then it turns out that it's a dream Daphne's having. And I was like, were they just like really had no ideas as to how to do this cold clothes (laughs) i also wondered if we were just going to start going into the realm of the bazaar for the cold closes like before they revealed it was a dream by daphne i was like are we just like like the cold closes are now like all bets are off we can do whatever it's not really canon it's not part of the show yeah it was very odd um i the other thing that was odd about that scene I, i don't know if this is the same scene where daphne's talking about this did you notice like the giant size of the sandwich Daphne was going to town on in that episode? In no, that scene? I didn't. So she's like making a sandwich. I thought she was making a sandwich for everybody. And then like it cuts back to the end of the scene and she's literally like, go have, like, she's just like chowing down on a Dagwood. It's so incredible. Wait, what? like, what's a Dagwood? Oh, um, so it's a sandwich with just like, you just throw whatever you got. It's it's not like a like a particular like a club oh, or, or like a, a BLT a or something. It's, it's it's literally it's it's named after uh, Blondie and Dagwood, which was a uh, a comic. Yes, that that's that, yeah. that, that, that be my thing. Is I was like, I know, I know Dagwood. Yeah. So a good example. It's funny because I think I would. It's like a Scooby Doo sandwich where oh, him okay. and Shaggy make a sandwich, and it's got like ham on a bone. Like it's it's a Dagwood sandwich. Is what do we got in the fridge? Oh, okay, so you, you I could I wouldn't go to like a sandwich shop and order a Dagwood because well it, it would be like that's. It doesn't have a specific set of ingredients. Typically, it would be like, or order a Dagwood, and it'd be like, here's our ingredients. Oh, here's like our version go, of the Dagwood. And you go, uh, let me get a Dagwood with uh, turkey and Swiss and, and cheddar and whatever. You know, like you'd, it, you'd order it out a la carte. Okay. I think. Uh, but yeah, she's just like going it down. It looks like a bit. Like, to me, it's it's uh, Jane Levy's like was like, <laughs> like, I'm not getting any catering. <laughs> Like, it, no one was laughing at it. It wasn't part of a joke. It just felt like she was hungry. So I mean, could go be. back and check that. Maybe I was wrong. It went by real quick, but it felt like it was a huge sandwich. Because uh, I uh, thought she was... Obviously it went by quick because well, I didn't even notice it. <laughs> yeah, and when she typically is making food, it's for, like, she's, like, unfortunately, she's the help. Yeah. So she's like, all right, I'm making everyone a sandwich. So that's what I thought she was doing. And then I was like, so, <laughs> like, it, it looked like a Martin sandwich. It looked like somebody like screwed up in the script and it was like, then Martin eats a sandwich, but they actually put Daphne and she's like, okay, I guess this is what's in the script. But um, anything else you got in this one? No, I'm ready to rate it. Although I do think that this one falls into um, a category that you're really good at identifying that I'm not so much of. You would just give somebody this episode if they were like, I just need, I just want to watch an episode of Frasier. Like this is what's Frasier about. Yeah. This is a good episode to just where you get a little sampling of a lot of the like storylines and like the crux of Frasier. Mm-hmm. So um, two things I want to just put out there real quick. We forgot to talk about uh, Noel is betting to spend a day uh, uh, with like the, the taping of Frasier's show. Spend a day with Roz. And then Roz ends up asking this other woman to do it, who then apparently has romantic feelings for Roz. I get it. And uh, <laughs> Roz is just like, 
sure, let's yeah. do this. Like, just choosing between that and Noel. I was like, good for Ross. I'm glad they didn't tiptoe into the like, oh, she's a lesbian yeah, were, type of. I mean, this was line. around the same time as Friends, which is pretty, you know, looked back on as being a kind of gay panicky mm-hmm. show. Yeah. And this one isn't very i mean there's a lot of awkwardness set up by misunderstandings about who's gay and who's not but i don't think there's a lot of gay panic yeah no it's true it's true it's funny that friends because friends was you know the had the first gay wedding on tv and stuff and like really looked at the like um i i guess kind of kind of the struggles that like ross's ex-wife goes through you know where like her parents don't want to come to her wedding and like, how do you co-parent with somebody yeah. who's, you know, left you for a woman and all of that? But um, if, on the flip side, in, they weren't great at, yeah, like, particularly men on that show having well, close that's, relationships. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. You'll find that lesbians tended to be a lot more welcome into media than gay men, in my opinion, even still to this day, because we're seeing things through the male gaze of like, Ooh, I like two pretty lesbians. And like the lesbians are, especially in the nineties were typically like, I mean, I guess everybody on TV was good looking in the nineties for the most part. Just, uh, excuse Frazier. But, um, like, I, I think you'll find that like, if you go back and look, they were a lot more accepting of girls kissing on television because it was, Yes, because it was like, yes, it was like a male fantasy in some ways. But uh, but it's like, uh, two dudes doing it. But like, I know. would disagree in that I feel like there's a lot more gay male characters on TV shows because they're seen as like, oh, the gay best friend. and. But yeah, that's my thing is it's a trope. Yes. And I think there are also tropes to, to, to women, but I think they, you know, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of the, 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 the ass kicking uh, lesbian that showed up a lot mm-hmm. in Buffy and that was kind of a specific mm. thing. So yeah, I didn't. I mean, I didn't. Buffy, I believe the first primetime lesbian kiss. Uh, That might not be true. I'll have to find out. Yeah, there's something behind their kiss. I know that it wasn't on Friends because I recently re when I read a book about the TV show Friends a few years ago, and that the actresses that played Carol and Susan thought that it was ridiculous that their characters were getting married and didn't kiss at their wedding. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it must have been because I was like rewatching Buffy, and there's a scene. There's like a, a scene where Xander's having a dream, and the two lesbians are kissing. But then like they cut to Xander, and you hear kissing noises off screen, and I'm like, "What's happening?" Like it's so like weird to me at this point that I was I was like, "Wait, why are why are we cutting away? What's happening?" Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah. Um. So I anyway back 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 to this. I would yeah. give this um. Probably six pins around the neck because we learned that Noel carries a pin around his neck at all oh, times, tucked in his shirt. Um, I wanted to get this joke in, so that's what I'll rate mine. Uh, I'll rate mine six half lifes of the party, just because I found that that was a funny joke. That, that reminded me of like I know you don't like the show. It reminded me of a joke you might find on like The Big Bang Theory. Yes. Um, all right. So, so season six, episode 20 is called Dr. Nora. Well, well, wait, 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 wait. Before we oh, get to that. Oh, do we have anything in the male pattern baldness bag? Yes. In fact, oh, hold on. I have to change this because I have. In fact, we have some Uncle Gary mail. <laughs> Hello, Craniacs. Funny Vegas story. When we were there last year, I was walking back to my hotel on Fremont Street, and a younger lady asked me for directions to a nearby casino. Then she asked if her and her friend could come back to my room with me. Turns out they were on their way to the British consulate, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. 
My wife picked that time to call and ask when I was coming back to the room. I did not ask if I could bring back some friends with me. <laughs> Love the pro- the podcast. I rate it five stars. If someone wants to rate it lower than five stars, I would suggest they don't do that. Instead, they rent King of Staten Island. Now available on Blu-ray with Marissa Tomei and Bill Burr. Uncle Gary. Oh my gosh. I I had... I had read that a while ago, and I honestly forgot what it was about. That's why I was like, "Have I read this?" Before? No, but that, that's not that. That's not that long ago. It was the British consulate. It was like in the last two episodes. So, yes. Um, that is, oh, that is so good. Also, Uncle Gary is a big proponent of like downtown Vegas, like old Vegas, um, mm, the Fremont Street, and everything. Um, which I actually it's... visited for the first time ever on my last trip to Vegas, and found it just utterly charming. So. We, we got to kind of speed through this because I think I got somewhere to be. You do. But I really do want to talk about this episode, Dr. Nora. Same. Because this may be I, – I don't want to say it's a VIE, but man, did I enjoy this episode. Wow! Mostly because I spent 28 minutes – let's say if it's, it's not 30 minutes, but if – oh, it's, tw- it's 22, let's say. I spent 20 minutes hating this episode in the last two minutes being like – yeah, this this episode felt like a wrestling match because there was a, a established heel. I spent the whole time hating that heel and garnering heat for that heel. And then when they had their comeuppance at the end, I was like, yeah, <laughs> because Dr. Nora, uh, what's her name? Christine, Christine Baranski, who is to me a national treasure. Yes, I was. And it's funny because I was like, oh, she must look like that actress in The Good Wife and The Good Fight. No, because that's that's way more dramatic mm-hmm. is why I thought that. Um, Chris- and I'd recently seen something where I confused two actors that are very similar. Looking, so so l- l- let's just start from the beginning. Um, so Frazier yes. is helping to interview for a new, which I don't understand. They want to have another call-in psychiatry show and so he's interviewed i somehow missed that like i and it never came back around to explain yeah no they like they they said they want to do one week of another like adding another call in psychiatrist and niall says oh like are you like aren't you a little threatened and he's like on the contrary i think it's a it's a compliment to me that you know my show is so popular that they want to bring in somebody else and he's like and there's no way i could do more than three hours a day and i was like what if i were you i'd be like they want to replace me. Um, so anyway. It was very contrived. Like a like a, uh, a gauntlet match or something in wrestling is yes. a very contrived idea. Yes. So he hires Christine Baranski <laughs> partly because she totally flatters him. And when she runs in, when he does interviews at the coffee house, and he says, when he, Frazier introduces her to Niles, she says to Niles, you must be very proud of your kid brother. And Niles is like, well, let me be the first to congratulate you on your new job. <laughs> because yeah, she's, exactly. So anyway. Um, also, uh, watch so she's very charming and very nice. And mm-hmm. then Laurel, she has a heel turn. Yes, she becomes reveals herself as a bad guy. Yes, she is. Uh, she's Doctor Nora Fairchild. Um, she is there to stand up for good old fashioned values and tough love. And um, she's obviously supposed to be a ripoff of Doctor Laura Schlesinger, who was very much this persona. Are you, are you familiar with her, Doctor Laura? That name is very familiar, but I don't think I ever... She was a radio psychiatrist, although I think, much like Dr. Nora, a psychiatrist is probably a loose... Um, like, I don't think that her... Um, I don't think her doctorate is in uh, psychiatry. Uh, so, hang on, let me see. Uh, well, she got her PhD at Columbia. Um, she got... oh The most phys- googliest phys- episode we've ever done. She got a PhD in physiology um, from Columbia. Mm. Um, her... Thesis was on insulin's effect on oh. lab rats. Oh, hey, that. Oh, right, because uh, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 we uh, find out she's a PE teacher. Yes, that her yeah that her PhD is in physical education. At which point I was like, can you even get a PhD in that? Um, maybe from like you, you know University of Phoenix. But um, yes, yeah. we've just lost all our PE teacher <laughs> listeners. I think even PE teachers would be like, why would you get a PhD in that? Um, so I legitimately had a PE teacher named Coach Strong. Anyway, continue. She, Dr. Nora, a woman calls in for the for problems she's having with her boyfriend and that she wants to get married. And Dr. Nora is just like, wait, are you sleeping with him? You're a whore. <laughs> yeah. She's, uh, she's got complete tough, tough love isn't even it. It's, and it's so like, like, I understand what they're trying to do here where the, 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 the station manager was like, oh, the, everyone seems to be talking about it. But like, this was, it, it was making me so mad, especially the time we live in when there's a lot of like people who wear your opinion as long as it's sensational is going to be more useful on the radio. Um, it's set up uh, Frazier to be more of a hero than I think he is sometimes on the show. Mm-hmm. But like it really put him in that in that light, which is the job of a good heel. And I just the whole time was she had as we as we discussed on as we discussed on the Disney pot on Taryn Ryan's Princess Diaries she had major go away heat with me. yes yes um, yeah y'all if you're not listening to the Princess Diaries they have created a great ranking system for <laughs> villains that is so thorough and applicable that it's it really it really makes you rethink how you view villains but um, I, there is one part of Doctor Nora though that I completely agreed with where. Um, so we had a lot of guest callers in this episode. This caller in particular was, yeah, we it did. was Denise. It was played by Bonnie Raitt. Um, mm-hmm. She called in with problems she had about her mother, that her choice felt like her mother mistreated her. She made her mother a cake and her mother said it tasted like sawdust. And Dr. Norris like, cut her out of your life. She is a toxic person. I was like, yeah, yeah, you should. Yes. You cut toxic people out of your life, no matter what your familial tie to them is. Don't let familial ties guilt you into keeping somebody who like harms you in your life. Well, you know, even a blind nut, uh, even a blind nut finds a squirrel. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once yes, in a, a while. Yes, bro- a broken clock is right twice a day. So yes, yeah, um, exactly. And so everybody was like, <gasps> and I was like, oh, this is so early '90s because now, like, therapists mm-hmm. today would be like, yeah, you cut that person out of your life. <laughs> yeah, I think therapy has has done a lot more introspection and like in general is more about self care and that sort of thing. And sometimes that does mean cutting out yes. someone who might seem like they should be important in your life, but they're. Yeah, yeah they are not bringing you, bringing value into your life. Um, also, but we find out. Well, well I was just gonna say, perhaps also making that assumption after a ten-second phone conversation a bit hasty. Like that would probably—that's a realization a therapist might come to after a few sessions. So, oh, like I hated this woman so much, and it was again—you put Christine Baranski's face on this, this, this direction of my hate. It was hard to like fully hate her because I'm like any minute now something's gonna I'm gonna enjoy this like she's gonna turn around or something but I will say when she started doing that I thought the whole thing was gonna be she was completely inept and like just not good at her job and it was going to be all about how Frazier was 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 easily flattered or did want to sleep with her which she brings up Mm -hmm. later which I don't know that that was necessarily the case but he definitely was flattered and was like oh Mm -hmm. the woman wants you know whatever but when she started doing the like, you're a whore, like I was just like, oh my god, like it was, it was kind of surprising and shocking. Yeah, no, it was, um, it was, yeah. I, I, I watched this episode with a lot more pleasure than I remember watching it the first time 
that yes. I saw it. Um, can we also just like have a moment to talk about Christine Baranski? Because I know I said she was a national treasure, but I just think we really need to like give her a little bit more of our time. Yeah, she's she's she's. I think she's a big get. Maybe not. You know, had to be at this time because this is around the birdcage. I think we're starting to see oh, like bigger and better. I've only seen the birdcage once. Is she in the birdcage? Oh, she's the 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 biological mom. Oh, okay, okay. I think. So she's, I first knew of her in Sybil when she played like Sybil's best friend, but she, mm. um, as Ryan mentioned, she was in The Good Wife and the and is in The Good Fight and is phenomenal in that show. She is such a like lady boss in that show. Um, She is such a good role model for, I think, like women in that show. She also is in Mamma Mia. She plays one of Meryl Streep's best friends yes, in I Mamma Mia, which is a wonderful turn. However, in my family, we... We know her best and love her best for her role in Adam's Family Values as Becky Granger, the one of the oh, right. one of the camp directors for Camp Chippewa. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. We love her in that her and Peter McNichol play a married couple who run the camp that Wednesday and Pugsley go to. And I love Peter McNichol. And he was a big 90s guy at this time because yes. he was in uh, Ally McBeal. And he was also, I believe, in Chicago Hope for a little while. Also Ghostbusters too. What? He's on. He was on Veep for a while. He was really. Funny. Oh yeah, he was. Shocking. You're right. But he was. He was the bad guy. One of the bad guys in Ghostbusters too. Um. Also, uh, Christine Baranski is also in a commercial for a car. I'm gonna find this on YouTube that my mom and I loved, where it's her like she pulls up to a stoplight and for like a luxury car, and then there's like a guy in the car next to her who's like kind of making eyes at her, and she's like, "Hi, what's your name?" And he goes, "Um." Jim. She goes, well, um, Jim. And then she proceeds to like ask a bunch of questions about his car or something. And like, does his car have this? And he says, no. And she goes, bummer. Bye, um, Jim. And then she like pulls away. <laughs> so for the longest time, my mom and I would just be like, um, Jim. And then I'd be like, bummer. Bye, um, Jim. <laughs> I'm going to find it, guys. Uh, I'm she... going to find it and post it. She was in the birdcage. I, I know that because Tara loves that movie. We watch it a lot. It's, it's, it's a very good feel-good movie. Um, also with the, you know, wonderful Nathan Lane. And uh, speaking of, uh, yes. speaking, and Robin Williams, but speaking of Allie McBeal, isn't close to Flockhart in that? Yes, yeah. she's in that too. Um, um, what, uh, I, I did want to talk about the subplot that popped me about uh, Niles' mustache. Because I, I, as soon as he goes, I'm growing a mustache. Oh, excuse I wrote, me, I believe he says oh, a mustache. No. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> because last night we were on a Jackbox call. And one of my buddies can grow like a big giant beard. Mm -hmm. So he came on and he had shaved it into a big handlebar mustache. And as and people kept coming on the thing, they go, oh man, Tobin, we love your mustache. And I was just like, what am I? What am I, chopped liver? I've been working on this for months. I've had this thing for months. This is BS. So, I like got up and laughed at one point. This, this reminds me of two things. One, one of my friend's husbands, he has very blonde hair, and he did Movember of, you know, not shaving mm -hmm. throughout Movember. So it was, it was the day after Thanksgiving, and I was at their house, like, because I was in town from D.C. when I still lived there, and catching up with them. And he comes in and chats with me for a little bit and leaves the room, and my friend's like, yeah, like, sorry that he that his, he looks like that. He, you know, grew a mustache for Movember. And I said, what? It was, yes. it looked like he had dust on his face. Like, that was yeah. it. And I was, at this point, it's like November 27th. And I'm like, he hasn't shaved in, like, almost four weeks. And that is what it That's, looks like. I, okay, so two things. I'm defending this guy. I don't know. One, blonde mustaches in general, like, 
can be very wispy and yes. look like just like you have like a like it's it, we used to call them flesh mustaches because it just looks like a different yeah or, yeah, or it looks look almost like, like a little bit of like lint came off your clothing yes two sometimes it takes a while like there's like i'm not it's not mistakable that i have a mustache anymore right like it's not like you're like uh, excuse me yeah yeah, yeah i guess i can see it <laughs> i hate you so much right now um but like for it it took me a while to get to that point um and it's still the first like like this right here that's the 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 fuzz that's like two and a half weeks but like it takes me a while i mostly just spend most of my time looking like i fell in cinnamon <laughs> like it, it doesn't look like it takes a while to actually look like a beard uh, or anything I, so i i some guys are like we had a guy who did uh movember with us who literally grew a mustache shaved it grew a second mustache like he that's how like it was and it was it looked like wario like it was a thick um man i don't know his name was east Vaughn, so i don't know what exactly his ethnic background is but whatever it was it was a very facially hairy people yes because it was like i it felt like he just went home and went like put his thumb in his mouth and blew and just a mustache <laughs> came out like it was insane so we uh my first job out of oh. college uh the guys or, or like five guys in our office did movember this is back when movember was still like getting its start and um at the end mm-hmm. they just posted they took a picture of them put them all up in the break room and we called it like the pedophile corner or something because they all looked like various yeah. degrees of like men who you shouldn't like accept candy from uh, so um so okay we need. I need to get going. So I think if if you don't have any LOLs, do you have? Wait, LOLs? wait, wait, wait. We, we, we've missed the crux of the episode. Oh, we missed the crux of the episode. Okay, you okay. missed the part where I think you started to love this episode, which is Fraser yes. recognizes that Doctor Nora obviously has some unresolved issues with her mother and arranges for her mother to come to the station, thinking it's going to be this beautiful reunion. And it is so over the top. It is. The, what? What is? She comes in and she's like. Does the mother say, like, you bitch or you whore or something when she comes she in? She says something like that, yeah. After that I mean, nice boy's that, family paid you to leave town. <laughs> it was, she's like, I can't believe you did this. And I love they locked themselves in the production booth. And uh, then uh, <laughs> she's at the door. She's like, I want you to give me $50. Yeah, she's like, right I want $50. <laughs> Oh. Which is so random. Like, that person just, I feel like she just went crazy. It was it's played, so good. played by Piper Laurie, who I think is best known for playing, I think, Carrie's mom and Carrie, um, which, which she received an Oscar nomination for. Um, you're looking You're looking at me like you... I'm thinking of Mother Dearest. You might be right. Maybe a Mommy Dearest, yeah. Um, yeah, She yeah. was also apparently in Children of a Lesser God and got an Oscar nomination for that. I know her best from, she had a, a recurring role, I believe, on ER, so I know her best from that, but... In terms of, she had the most Mary Poppins nanny hat. Like, yes, like she looks so kind and unassuming. She's like, "Thank you for bringing me back to my daughter," and then she's like, "You whore!" <laughs> and she's like, "I want my cut." I just, oh man, we said whore so much more than we've ever said. Like more than any other epi- all the other episodes combined, have we said the word whore? <laughs> oh, it's also one. It's also one of my favorite compliments to give somebody. I'm like, Ugh, you whore. Because <laughs> it means I like you. <laughs> um, much like in Mean Girls when Regina George was like, boo, you whore. I was like, oh, Regina, yes. I, I, that resonates with me so much. Um, anyway, uh, we also have I mean, several guest callers. We mentioned Bonnie Raitt. Um, Jenny from Tacoma was Jillian Anderson. I believe she's the one mm-hmm. whose boyfriend wouldn't propose and she was the first one who got called a whore. Um, Tom, who had problems with a coworker, was Yo-Yo Ma, which I was like, that's a big get. It's a random get. Well, yes. Um, and then Jill, who I don't remember at all, was Pia Zadora. Um, so, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Do you want to rate this one? Yeah. Um, you know, I think I would give this one. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of something from this episode. I guess I would give it. Um, what is something from this episode I can use as to rate it? Um, Wispy mustaches. I, that, that's the thing. Is like, the only thing I think it was mustaches. Um, I, I guess I would give this seven um, Mary Poppins hats. Yes. I'm going to give it eight whores. I enjoyed it very much. I And, and again, to make the wrestling uh, uh, metaphor, I, I felt completely played by this episode. I spent the whole time going, I hate this. This is the worst episode. Like, that's my favorite thing in wrestling when I get turned at the end and I'm like, oh, I, and you feel suckered in and you think it's real for just a second. And that's what I thought with this episode. I was so invested in Christine Baranski's performance and this character. And then at the end, it gets turned around. It was so satisfying. I don't know that anybody else could feel that way because if you've listened to this episode, like the only way you could feel that way about this episode to me is if you went in blind. So I'm sorry we may have ruined it for all of you out there, but like I don't know how else to do a examination of this episode without telling you the, the what's going on. But I just enjoyed being like, ooh, I want this woman to get her comeuppance. And indeed she did in a very satisfying way. It wasn't even like... And, you know, and was, Frazier gets like a little bit of, of like... I mean, he made a mistake. He hired the wrong, like, basically, like, hired yes. the wrong person. Uh, I did I did want us to talk about at some point, if you've ever been in, had interviewed somebody who then turns out to be a total terrible employee, and they I call it the one that fooled you, but we don't need to get into that. Uh, yes, I absolutely have, but I will not talk about it on the air. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll talk about mine on there. I was intern coordinator for a year at my first job, and, like, man, did I have some ones that fooled me. Yep. Anyway, uh, okay. Well, I think we're ready to wrap it yep. up. Absolutely. Uh, guys, if you want to get a hold of us, we are craniacs at gmail.com. That's C-R-A-N-E-I-A-C-S. We are at craniacs on Twitter. We are on Facebook, craniacs, a Fraser podcast. Just search for us. That's where we post a lot of, I'm sure Laura will post the uh, Christine Baranski uh, car video there. And I'll also post some uh, just great snippets from Adam's Family Values that she's in. <laughs> exactly. Um, we are on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Overcast, probably some other stuff. Um, I know Amazon, like their books on tape are now starting to like, not books on tape. Good Lord. I'm a million years old. Their audio books section is now starting to do podcasts. So we'll probably end up there pretty soon. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, so check us out. Give us a review, five stars or whatever the highest review is. We really appreciate that. It helps us out. But if you want to give us a four star or lower review, uh, not only did you have some advice from uh, Uncle Gary earlier, but Laurel has something you could do as well. Yes. Um, so the Emmys are coming up this week. By the time this airs, the Emmys will have happened. Um, so there's that. But uh, I've been trying to catch up on some shows that were nominated for Emmys that I just didn't get a chance to watch. And I am recently in the, currently in the middle of Unorthodox, which is a Netflix. Um, it's fiction the 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 show is fiction but it's based on a real memoir of a woman who left um the very orthodox hasidic jew jewish community um basically fled Mm -hmm. it um it is hard to watch like i had to i have to take some breaks from it but it is just really interesting about um i don't know a a sect of judaism i didn't know a whole lot about and has some very troubling aspects to it, especially if you're a woman. So anyway, it's nominated for some Emmys and um, as is the, the lead actress who is um, Israeli. And I believe it's the first Netflix show that where the primary language is Yiddish. So there's a lot of subtitles Um, and it's, it's basically in English and Yiddish. So, um, but anyway, it's on Netflix. It came out, 
I think I want to say maybe in April. Um, Mm -hmm. No, no, it's been out longer than that. But um, anyway. I want to tell you, Tara listened to our last episode and said, I think I want to listen to that. I want to watch that uh, Korean Cra- show. Crash, crash landing on you. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm like woefully behind on it. I've only watched like four episodes because you have to actually watch the whole thing because of the subtitles. Mm. So um, we've, there's been some chatter on Twitter about some, some of our listeners who are into that show now and they want to have maybe a podcast about it. So uh, just look, look, look what our recommendations are starting. Awesome. Well, guys, uh, check out any of those wonderful subtitled shows that Laurel has recommended, and uh, we'll see you next time. Until then, I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel. And what does no- Dr. Nora said? I forgot. I was going to say it. Like, good help. She had something. Oh, t- uh, oh I don't remember what she says. Uh, you know what? We're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, y'all. <laughs>